0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: show this is the pop rocks radio talk show i'm your host pop art painter jamie rocks and this is the big show you found it i sure i'm glad you did hey i want to apologize a little bit in advance if uh, my voice is, sounds a little off or whatnot uh my wife went out of town last week uh last weekend with her uh, her mother and her sister and my niece and brother-in-law and all that and um they went to the happiest place on earth of course and um Brought home a heck of a cold. She's had it worse than me. But, man, we both uh, – I'm on the downhill side of it. But yesterday, we we were to the point – we were so concerned. I uh, had squirreled away some of them COVID-19 tests from last year. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we're COVID-free, knock on wood. So uh, that's a good thing. So, yeah, so if my voice is a little off, I, I did the honey trick and all that earlier. But, you know, I'm drinking coffee, so who knows? Who knows? Hey, I can't wait to get the show started today. We have a fantastic guest. He's a uh, filmmaker, writer, director, brand new movie about to drop called Do Not Disturb. And I got to tell you, I loved it. I loved it. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Mr. John Ansley. I hope, John, I hope I'm pronouncing your last name correctly. I have a
2: feeling I might not be. No, no. no, Ainsley. okay. Yeah, Ainsley. yeah. That's funny because I have the same, I think I'm on the same path with a cold as you are and did the exact same thing with expired COVID tests. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm
1: telling you. Well, I didn't know. I'm like, I don't know. And then I YouTubed a bunch of news articles and they're like, oh, yeah, there's a list on the FDA website. I'm like, give me the list. And, yeah, we were in good shape. <laughs> um, my my hoarding paid off for once, you know, which is a good thing. Yeah, Which is a good thing. So, John, I got to ask you, um, originally from Canada, you're living down in Miami now, down here in the sun and sand, um, you and your family, were you always a film guy, like, growing up when you were a kid up in uh, Canada? Were you, like, did you know showbiz was what you were needed to be doing?
2: Um, in a roundabout way, yeah. I remember I was obsessed with um, the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark, and, uh, oh, you yeah. know, like normal... Yeah, normal kids would beg their parents to buy them candy at the Variety store. Well, I'm going to give away my age here because I would beg my dad to rent a VCR and a VHS copy of Raiders of the Lost Ark every single weekend. And I would watch I that movie you. over and over again. So, yeah. I, I hear, that, you. Most I hear the, you. Most of the entertainment was watching my dad plug in the VCR and make it work with Channel 3 and it would be snow and it would never work. and. <laughs> I think I've got you
1: beat on a couple years. Our first one, my dad knew some guy. My dad was an engineer. We lived in Canada for a minute in Chatham. And then um, he was working for Rockwell and then moved to Detroit. And some guy he worked with, um, I don't know, got his pension or whatever, you know, aged out. And he started a videotape rental store, like, by our house. (laughs) And um, my my dad was always... You know, you headgab everything. And yeah. uh, we got a VCR. It was a beta mass. Yeah. But here's the crazy part. Kids listening, they'll have no idea what we're talking about. But it was a smaller than a VHS. And um, you couldn't record as long. But the thing that stunk about this is, well, it was actually pretty cool because tired as the remote control. Because up until that point, yeah. Um, I was the one that had to go turn the channel or turn the volume up and down because there was no remote control on the TV. This had a remote control to the VCR, but it was with a wire. So it wasn't like yeah, a wireless like remote control. It yeah. just, but we were happy to have it. We were happy to have it. Um, crazy, man, crazy. So you knew. You knew. You said, this is what I need to be doing. I need to be making movies.
2: Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. My very first high school, before high school, grade school, I think grade six to seven, I worked over a summer and saved up enough money to buy a, I think at the time it was a high eight video camera. And I would do nice. stop motion by pushing play, pause, record, play, pause, record. And sometimes I'd get, I bought extra VCRs at yard sales and would tape the tape edit and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, there was no choice. <laughs> cool, it's an affliction more than it is a uh oh. <laughs> well anything else. Well, you know, you know. Now,
1: do not disturb. This is getting dropped. You guys filmed this uh what last year, but then it has mm. people don't you know, I didn't know this until I started doing the podcast. I thought you know, I'd turn the T V on or watch a movie or something. Uh watch a show and I thought, ah, eh, these guys made this last week or last month, yeah. you know. Yeah. I didn't I had no idea that movie time was different than physical linear time that I'm used to, you know? Um, yeah. But, you know, you got distribution and all this and that. I got to say, before we even get into the film, one of the first things when I got the press kit that blew me uh, – my day job, I'm a painter. I paint pe- pictures of people and stuff. That's, you know, how I put food okay. on the table. Um, yeah, the the podcast is kind of my, my side hustle uh, hobby thing. But um, the cover art for Do Not Disturb, Hitchcockian, fantastic, man. I was blown away when I saw it.
2: Very, very cool. Yes. That's done by a company called Dog and Pony out of, I think they work out of L.A. Um, Nice. Two women. They did the poster for my first feature, too, and I'm going to continue working with them as long as I can. They're great. Well, yeah.
1: Absolutely, buy them a cup of coffee next time you hang out. Next time you're out in the right. cold
2: taking lunches and stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, they're great. Um, very, very cool. Yeah, we, have, we, and we wanted a really original poster to match the uh, the film itself. So, and something that well, was yeah, sort of know. modern but timeless. And um, that's the thing with cinema. And you're talking about how long it takes to make a movie, and I think that's why movies generally aren't trendy. They're they work better if they're classic. Um, because if you do anything trendy, he as you know, by the time it comes out two years later, you, you're, you're out of style already.
1: It's very true. It's very true. The, the amount of, I, I have friends of mine that, um, I, you know, we just had a little get together this past weekend. Uh, we, we had our Halloween get together a week late, everybody's schedule kind of determined <laughs> that. And, um, it was, uh, uh, so, so weird conversations were happening, during, you know, imagine a party at our house. Anyway, it, it gets pretty weird. Not weird like in do-not-disturb way, but it gets weird. Um, <laughs> but people were talking, one of the topics I overheard, and I really didn't wade into the conversation, but people were talking about how they're just tired of um, COVID movies, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I get it. COVID sucked.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I've seen a COVID movie.
1: movie. Oh, there's been a bunch there's been a bunch but <laughs> you know it's it's crazy anyhow, anyhow, um, I don't think they're all that bad to be honest, but you know people one of the things um no i do this is a horror movie well, I guess it's it's horror and uh yeah, this is horror this is horror um yeah, but it's, technically. It's, it's, I would call it intelligent horror because there's layers to it that I like. Uh, as far as the relationship and the character building and whatnot. And um, fantastic, uh, fantastic – I don't know what you call it. The way it was shot is really cool.
2: Cinematography,
1: Um, yeah. Cinematography, yeah, it it looks great. Um, You know, this doesn't look like this was shot in a weekend with a GoPro. This looks like, (laughs) you know, you had a a megaphone and were riding around in a golf cart and
2: stuff, you know? No, we were – we we didn't have much money. We didn't have much budget. It was um, small camera team, small crew. We used to, we did shoot on the Alexa, which is you know regarded as one of the better cameras. But I mean, my DP Scott and I used um, Renaissance artists more so than Cinema in a lot of ways to um, as a lighting model. Yeah, well,
1: it worked. Yeah, it, it worked fantastic. fantastic.
2: Yeah, we definitely wanted it to look like a movie rather than a movie shot for Netflix. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
1: You 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 put that in it, it, so elegantly. That is exactly what I was at. <laughs> that is exactly what it. It doesn't look like a sci-fi movie. It's a sci-fi channel. They don't even do those movies anymore. But anyway, um, yeah, this was a, a, a very well done. And man, I got to tell you. Those clubs. I used to be a club rat. I'm an old man now, so I'm not. Okay. Um, (laughs) No, no. To any young guys out there or gals, don't be the old person at the club unless you own the club. That's really the only excuse, you know. You don't want to. Yeah, that's true. You don't want to be my age hitting on twenty year olds. You know, it's just sad. Um, but I thought I'd been to a lot of clubs. I spent a couple decades living in nightclubs, and. yeah. I was there, man. I'm watching it. The, the I I'd been in that moment. Um it was fantastic. It was
2: fantastic. Yeah, we uh yeah, um,
1: they not
2: have a... That club scene is interesting because it was shot in a bar in northern Ontario. Um really? during <laughs> when you like
1: pulled up a of Miami. 20,
2: yeah, two o'clock in the day, bright sunshine outside. There was only eight extras outside of the actor. Um, wow. And we just kept moving. If you watch it carefully, you'll see it's the same eight people in the background with different shirts <clears> and hats and just working around. And my assistant director moves them quite well, and we move the lighting. So the lighting makes it feel like she's moving to the other side of the club, but she's really, like, two feet away from them. Um, oh, a, lot of, a lot of movie magic in that little thing. Because, you know, like it's is she... is expensive. <laughs>
1: well, not only does she move to the other side of the club, she gets pissed. And, um, oh, baby. And then it goes right into that. I don't want to give anything away. I want people to watch this. But at the same time, so I'm going to say some vague stuff. There's a blue shot where she's looking at someone who's real close to her. (laughs) Um, That was done. That was brilliant. And then it cuts to the what? Oh, brilliant.
2: Really. Chef kiss. That was a good Yeah, that's a, that sequence was one of the earliest. I mean, I wrote that sequence to that song that I licensed 10 years, probably about eight, nine years before that. So, yeah, so wow. that, that, that sequence was worked on and worked on in my head before we executed uh, quite a bit. Well, it was uh, amazing. It was a it was amazing. process. That's a fun one. The only thing that changed was originally it was in the ocean rather than a swimming pool. And um, yeah. apparently sharks feed at night, so you can't put actors into water. When, no, um... no. Or you can. Why Sorry, are you can.
1: F- but... You're Kubrick. You can't be doing this kind of stuff.
2: Poor girl. <laughs> you're... It's not safe. Oh. That and the fact that when we filmed, there was turtle laying eggs, so you're not allowed near the water anyways in the evening. Right. So... And they got all the yellow lights. So it became a pool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go.
1: There you go. I love it. I love it. Now, this is a great film. One of the great things, uh, with horror films, I have a group of friends that are horror, friends, horror film nuts. You know, they're nuts, though, for horror films. I don't mind a good horror film. I like a good horror film. But I'm not one of these people. The, the people, the friends I have, they're hard to watch a movie with. Because everything has to be practical, everything that they lecture you for 30 minutes on how practical is so much better. And um, well, then they'll is, complain. But... <laughs> well, you know, but then they'll, like, that guy's spleen didn't explode the right way. I'm like, how the hell do you know what a spleen looks like blowing up? Are you kidding me? Um, but they just get annoying from much, watching so movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. But your film, I think they wouldn't have a problem with it. Yeah, we did everything it
2: practical. Was, it was great. Uh, that's for sure. And Carlos, uh, my uh, Canadian effects guy, he's really he's he's really good at creating body parts. Um, mm. And I really think he does do good blood. Um, and I, you know, that's something that I work. I don't. I've never bought into. I know. I know Walking Dead as a series combined uh, computer graphics and practical really really well. Um but I find that when you don't have a budget, the computer graphics right. look like computer graphics. And so even if you're I, I find even if practical effects aren't done perfectly, they sell better. And uh I think right. just I think the audience organically knows that something is there and feels it more viscerally than um than a graphic. I don't know.
1: J-A-M-I-E-R-O-X-X dot U-S
0: Hey Rockers, this is Stacey Lane Wilson, author and editor of the Rock and Roll Nightmares book series. I have a new podcast that features interviews with musicians, artists, authors, filmmakers, and music historians. In Season 1, I interview Phil Toussaint from Ozzy Osbourne's band... Scott Crawford, the director of the Cream Magazine documentary, Lisa S. Johnson, the award-winning author and photographer of the books 108 Rockstar Guitars and Immortal Axes, just to name a few. The Rock and Roll Nightmares podcast explores the dark and mysterious and sometimes funny side of music from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and beyond. Enjoy on RSS or anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. Glittering Amethyst Energizing Citrine Colorful Fluorite The Other Side of the Sun Earth's Treasures Brought to Light Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS. That's R-O-X-X for 10% off your first order. Remember, T-O-S-O-T-S dot com. Earth's treasures brought to light.
1: Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books, uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. She's uh, fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, the quotable Edison, quotable Henry Ford, uh, quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and of course, the quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very, very cool. Um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com. M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A-L-B-I-O-N.com. MichelleAlbion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out, folks. Well, I'm telling you, I'm telling I, I will be completely honest with you. At first, the first, I don't know how long it was, maybe 10 minutes or so, I didn't really like the two main uh, protagonists. Um, yeah. Didn't well, it's a tough balance, you know? that one. Um, well, yeah, and they they just, I'm like, this gal needs to trade up. This guy's a jerk, and he needs to find somebody more his speed, you know what I mean? Um, that was my initial thought, and then when they met the other couple, I was like, okay, now I get it. Now I get I. I I started to care about him. You know what I mean? I kind of felt bad yeah. for the guy. <laughs> uh, you know?
2: Well, I, think, oh, I think it's like, it's a tough one because that relationship couldn't work. And then you're creating people who aren't um, comfortable dealing with life, we'll say. Um, right. But uh, <laughs> it was a tough balance. It was a really tough balance to get them the proper amount. Like she couldn't be a pushover. But then she also right. couldn't You know, she couldn't be at the beginning because she grew. That's her trans her transition. So it was really a hard place to find that first 20 minutes of the relationship is is complicated. And I think I think a lot of people who have been in relationships for too long, um, especially people who started, you know, when like they did in, say, high school and you carry that relationship out of comfort rather than any other reason fear of leaving more than, than wanting to stay together was the Absolutely. the model for that relationship. So, you know, Absolutely. no one likes those people, but we've all, I, I think we've all been that person in a relationship at some point. Um, Absolutely. So, and you hate yourself for it. And that's kind of the core of this film. Is getting out of positions where you hate yourself. So.
1: Oh yeah. Oh man. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I was watching that and I, I was thinking about, you know, situations i myself have been in and you know when the relationship ends and you you let your friends know and they all kind of dance a little jig and you're like yeah. why the hell didn't you tell me And they're like what do you think we've been doing for the last three years are you kidding me um yeah why the hell didn't you see it <laughs> you know she was insane um or you've been that guy you know Uh, But I felt I felt bad for Jack. I felt bad for Jack. The the scene, you know what I'm talking about when the when the roles change in that relationship. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Jack better keep on his his game. (laughs) I feel bad for where this might be going.
2: Sure enough. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, there's a symbolic transition. There's a few actually in that place. But Mm -hmm. when when she switches him out. The uh, the knife for the sponge is when his demise uh, happens, yep. I suppose. And then you see that, like, if you watch the film again, you'll see that the lighting is done kind of intentionally to keep her in his shadow until right. she transitions and finds the light. And in that scene, you see that he walks into the darkness. And then even later when he's, like, hugging her, his face is in complete darkness. It's, uh, some fun it's moments great.
1: there with lighting.
2: It's crazy. And I
1: love the homage when the, the crazy dude on the beach, I don't even know if he had a name or not. If he did, I don't know what it is offhand. But, Nick, uh, the actor um, named him Sash. Oh, there you go. That's it. <laughs> that fits. We've all seen that guy, if you've lived any time in South Florida. Um, anyhow, I liked the uh, when she said, do you think that's one of those crazy basalt guys? Yeah, yeah. Because we've all had that thought when we've seen that guy. <laughs> you know. yeah
2: that guy that basketball guy defined the uh a whole generation of um of those guys Mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah, the scene that's like it's funny because that line was thrown in on the day where i just told kim to mention do you think it's one of those basketball guys just to give just to give some context, some context in the edit in case we needed yeah. it. So, yeah, feeds a certain amount of people. I mean, originally that that guy is sort of loosely modeled after um, um, the character of Caliban from Shakespeare's The Tempest, if you want to get... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was going to throw some seaweed on him, but yeah. that day of shooting, <laughs> as anyone who's been to Florida, I the whole, whole time I shot... In Canada, we shot all our interiors in Canada and then came to Florida for the exteriors. And the whole time I told my cinematographer it never rains in Miami. It just doesn't. If it does rain, it rains for 10 minutes and then goes away. And, of course, that day the (laughs) permit we got was for that section of the beach where it just rained all day. And it was brutal. So what should have taken us two hours took us 10. Throw me nuts. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Florida, South Florida
1: is weird in that anywhere else in the world, I was just telling somebody that when it rains, like you're like, oh, if it's hot, you're like, oh, thank God it's going to rain, it's going to cool things down a little. Not yeah, Florida, no. it's like no, it's, it's like the putting a now. in a sauna, and putting water on the yeah. rocks it
2: just makes it worse. Um, well, and it's weird What dude, great actors? Yeah, they, they were, were they were. I got really lucky with those uh, those actors. They, yeah. Um Kim and Rogan are both, like, top-notch. Um, and then Rupinder just happens to live in Miami, and we had just met. He had met my wife a couple months earlier, so uh, I was really lucky to uh, to have met him. <laughs> yeah. What? It was a uh... – sorry. It worked. Every,
1: everybody in this – and it wasn't a huge cast. It, uh, you know, I mentioned Hitchcock before. It kind of reminded me a little bit of that. Uh, that This is almost a Hitchcock story, you know. Um, I could see, of course, not the themes and everything as overtly <laughs> as they, they were. You know, this, it's a modern movie. Um, but just that, that, that tug of, of, you know, and it's, like I said, this was a very toxic relationship. It was terrible. But then again, you're kind of hoping, well, maybe they will work their shit out here. And then it gets dark. <laughs> you know, and, and then eleven hours passes.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, and, and then days go by. It's a it's a fun little.
1: <laughs> oh god, oh god, yeah. What uh, I don't want to give anything away, but folks, you gotta watch this. Now it comes out. Uh, well, you're working with um, this is uh, Dark Star Pictures, and yeah. this drops, I believe. Where's my notes here? The seventeenth theatrical release, and then video on demand everywhere on the twenty first, right?
2: Twenty first, yeah, that's right.
1: Awesome. Yeah. And listeners, don't worry, I will bug you on both of those dates to remind you um, you're Thank definitely you. going to want to watch this. And you know, what a, what a great Thanksgiving movie. Thanksgiving's upon us. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> that is a good Maybe Thanksgiving movie. Um, a lot of eating. If yeah, you're there's into a lot of eating. It's a great film for that. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> also, my, um, I'm also going to be releasing a soundtrack at the, uh, at the same time as the film. So. Oh, nice. Nice. And yeah. that's going to
1: be everywhere, like on Spotify and all
2: that kind of stuff? Yep. Spotify, everywhere that nice. you can get music. Yeah. Very cool. Be, uh, very, very cool. Yeah, this is my first time uh, composing a score. So I'm uh, quite well, happy about you that. You did this as well, John. Yes. I uh, never no. in a million years thought I could do that. Um but Jeff, the guy I normally work with, was not available and uh and it just sort of worked out when I, I started noodling and um it started working. And I think I think a lot of it works because um I never thought anyone would hear what I was composing, so I was quite brave. Um nice. and then it worked. I mean it was kinda of hard to score it's an over the top film. Um you know. It's a fun, it was fun. Anyway, so I enjoyed it. I remember I, I reading. a musical background, so. Well,
1: it worked. It worked. I remember reading, and I, I got to be careful what we say, because I'm not supposed to talk about certain things, you know, studio stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, but there was a particular uh, filmmaker uh, whose initials were JC. That's pretty vague. I'll put it that way. Had a... Uh, a little uh, seasonal movie that dropped uh, in 77, I think. It was. doesn't matter. In the 70s, uh, maybe early 80s, uh, or late 70s, I should say. Jamie Lee Curtis was in it. Anyhow, he um, I remember reading that he didn't have uh, the funds when he made this. He spent them all on the the big star in the movie. Um, so he composed the soundtrack to that, which is on every Halloween right. um, compilation and <laughs> playlist to this day. Right. Uh, I've been to clubs and heard trance remixes of that. Um Right. Still every I'm sure that soundtrack, uh, that piece of music has bought him an infinity
2: pool. I'm pretty sure of it. Yeah, I'm not uh, sure. I'm not sure my music will do that for me, but in this you day and age know. of uh of Spotify.
1: <laughs> but you it's good know. to hear it out there.
2: You know, That's all I meant.
1: All it takes, John, is some kids. So, some some teams on the TikTok, you know, to start putting that behind yeah, yeah. their, uh
2: <laughs>
1: then you're golden. A few billion, you know?
2: a few billion hits later, and uh,
1: yeah, yeah, you're good. You're good. DJs will be sampling it. It'll be great. <laughs> you know, as long as the checks coming in and fund the next project. You know, uh, now this Yeah, is that's head. the idea. Incredible. You put this out to some film festivals and whatnot. Blew people away. Yeah. I'm sure. That's got to be cool.
2: Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. I mean, we were great because we, we were – it was great because we got to premiere in Miami um, at the O Cinema, literally blocks away from where the uh, wow. movie's set, thanks to Igor at uh, Popcorn Fright, who helped set that up. And he's been a great champion of me since I moved to Miami. Um, really? And then we played Fright Fest in uh, the U.K., which is, I think, the UK. I don't think it is – the U.K.'s biggest genre film festival – um, and then the reviews from that were spectacular. And from there we went off and played, uh, a lot of great festivals, including Austin, uh, which blew my mind that we even got into Austin. Um, and because loving they it. only take five genre films a year. Yeah, that did well. And we played screen fest and, uh, we had a great little festival run, um, for a small film. Uh, we've definitely exceeded expectations. So it's super, super exciting. That's
1: amazing, because a lot of people um, outside your world, um, the the pond you swim in, when they see festivals, they don't know how that works, really. And um, they just assume that, um, you know, John's just going to send out uh, 100 copies of his movie to all these festivals, and they say yay or nay. But what they don't understand is there's a very important step in that that also has to go out with the movie, and that's usually a check. (laughs)
2: <laughs> just admit them. Yeah, the, so, the whole process is fascinating um, because you finish your movie. So just to give you a timeline, I worked on the script for about, say, eight years, seven, eight years, um, off and on. Like, obviously, I worked on other things, but uh, the original kernel was about seven or eight years ago uh, before I shot. Sorry, And then I shot in 2021. We shot in August and then we finished beginning of 2022 by January and then we submitted to festivals and then I don't think we played anywhere. It takes six months to get approved and accepted and denied. And so we didn't premiere until August of 2020 last year, August, 2022. And then it wow. plays festivals for six to eight months and then you get a sale and then you wait another four months set up. So, you know, that's about two and then years I'm going to camera too. Yeah. It's quite fun. And that's what the whole thing, like I've been telling people the whole way and I kind of knew this from my first teacher it was just enjoying the process. Um, and loving being on set and really kind of fall in love with like working with other people, building, you know, your vision and building making things come to life because everything else, you're not guaranteed. You're certainly not guaranteed any interviews and you're certainly not guaranteed any festivals. I have lots of friends who, you know, they've, they've made films and they're decent films, but for whatever reason, festivals won't touch them. Um, and right. without festivals, distribution gets tough. I mean, even look at our film. Uh, we didn't, I think we got denied from over a dozen Canadian. We never did play Canada. So we got rejected across the board 100% in Canada. We, uh, we played most other countries, a lot of the UK, a lot of the Ameri- um, United States. But, uh, yeah, Canada wanted nothing to do with us.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, now the phone will be ringing. <laughs> yeah, now no, now, it now won't. that it's I out, won't. you don't it think? Won't.
2: I'm happy. I would far rather be appreciated in the states than Canada as a filmmaker. Um, well, I mean, I'd far rather appreciated both, obviously. But you know, if I got to pick one or the right. other, this is where the money is. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. And you know,
1: through this process, I mean, don't don't take lightly, folks. There are also a couple things. Number one, John is still married. Um, you know. Imagine if if you have a partner at home, imagine uh you know, eight years of a project and she still
2: Well my wife job. produced this movie too, so oh my wife produced God. this movie. <laughs> so and she had we a it, Yeah, we went up to a small hotel in a small town called Sault Ste Marie in northern Canada to film it. Oh yeah and yeah, she and our two kids had a suite and then I put my parents into a suite below us. And they would watch the kids during the day, and we'd go down to the ground floor and shoot the movie. So I never guys, really left the hotel much in two weeks or whatever ask, it took uh, to, uh, John, to film.
1: Just to clarify, yeah, you shot a Miami, you told a Miami-based story, a uh, hundred feet from the locks in Sushi Marie. <laughs> yes,
2: that's amazing. All that, all that hotel room. That hotel room is all Miami. The Oh, sorry, all Sault Ste. Marie. Uh, it's the quality wow. in there, if you, if you ever get curious. I think it's the quality in. And um, Yeah, and then the nightclub is a bar called Johnny Canuck. I think they just changed what? the name. Um, the same as the restaurant. Like, the background of that restaurant is literally the club scene just blacked out. Um, and then the rest Amazing. of Miami, we, we shut Key Biscayne, uh, Sunny Isles. And then me and my cinematographer just drove around with a GoPro and the Alexa um, and for a so day getting shot, all the other yeah. stuff. Yeah, and then I've got that's a friend, amazing. Antonio, who does he does uh, drone work here in the city. He gave me a bunch of his drone footage to use for free, um, which expands the film. That's so great.
1: That's fantastic. Well, you got all the good shots, the big giant yacht, you know, when they're doing the jet ski scene well, and all that. Yeah.
2: Well, the jet and ski what scene a is great because I picked a... A random stock footage shot, I noticed that white yacht, and then I cut to my own footage, and they are right in front of it in time. And if you look at the stock footage shot, there's actually just two random jet skis just happened to be there. So it, ah. it looks proper. Yeah, A lot of things just fell so into place. That's amazing. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from
1: some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages.
2: national artists with rocking reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and
1: more. Metal Babe Mayhem is taking over the world
0: one shirt at a time. My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. That's L-O-V-E-S-H-A-C-K-A-P-O-T-H-E-C-A-R-Y dot com, as well as online on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in our website. from Lahore to Miami to London. www.merch.jamiroquai.us.
1: I loved the heart when they uh, deposited.
2: They're uh, they're bouncing. Yeah, I, don't, uh, their, I baby, wish I could um, take credit for that. But uh, I just found that on uh, Adobe Stock, and was uh, like, "All right, that's money well spent on that shot."
0: Uh, absolutely we
2: we it added the happening. uh we added the blood we added the blood in the uh, post we just uh drew it in there but uh well that's amazing but that blood, it, it worked. We, uh yeah that blood that he gave me this blood that's oil based so if you drop it on the water it just floats and when we filmed that yeah. her dropping body parts into the water not to give away too much but um I mean, that was right underneath the Rickenbacker, and we stopped traffic, and people were, like, lining up to look down at this giant blood pool, and this woman and man <laughs> dropping body parts off jet skis into the water. And they, you know, and the police, and the, fun, the funny thing is, everyone else stopped to look. The police drove right by and didn't even, like, bat an eye at us. They're right, they're, like, it's yeah. a Tuesday. <laughs> It's, it's, yeah, it's literally planned. dropping an arm into the water with blood everywhere. Cops went right through it, didn't give a shit. So. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Hey,
1: speaking of arm, I don't want to give anything away, but there is a scene with an arm on a beach. Yeah. Uh, do you still have the arm? Is it on your desk or shelf? It is. Or if
2: you were, uh, if you, if this was a Zoom interview, you would be seeing it behind me. So. Now, I keep it in my guest room, and people come over and they're nerved out by it because it's it's rather realistic looking. That's fantastic.
1: That's fantastic. I uh, I love this film. This and you know this was all done all the festival stuff that you were doing, that was all done what during
2: COVID, right? Like the global pandemic. Um, people yeah,
1: didn't even know movie during... theaters were going to happen.
2: Yeah, yeah, we filmed during COVID. Uh, Florida was just I think had just come out of like lockdown the real like wow. heavy lockdown and then there was another lockdown mm. and then Canada had just come out. I went to Canada to film another project and it was full lockdown still like you couldn't even do anything and then when I came back for Do Not Disturb it was lockdown light whatever that <laughs> means It's Florida like, you know. people, Life was happening well, Florida it was done and we were back in a normal world but uh, in right. Canada, they were always three to six months behind us. For Yeah, uh, it was serious. Yeah, were, yeah it's funny ugh. because we, Sault Ste. Marie, just to give you perspective on how small the town we shot in is, is we actually, by the end of the shoot, one of our crew members got COVID. Um, mm. And then after we wrapped, one of the, another person caught con- got COVID. And we had to report that to their, whatever their version of the CDC is. And because the town is so small, two people was considered a breakout. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. So even it's amazing. though both people left, but,
1: yeah, you know. <laughs> But still so, they were worried. You know, but it's it's cool to do all these. And I want people to especially, because I know that there's some young filmmakers listening to this podcast. You know, maybe not the live show, but the, definitely will be listening to the podcast. Hello from the past, you you future listeners. Making a movie can be difficult. <laughs> Man, that's
2: yeah. gone. Yeah, it's funny he it. uh, it
1: because he'll probably do it again. I,
2: I refer to it as impossible. Um, and I, I know a couple of people who have made like 10 to like a few films with much bigger budgets, and they still think it's impossible. I still couldn't tell you how to oh. make a movie. I know how to make a movie. But how to find that money and get it made is a whole other prospect of, I've had four scripts produced and none of them were done the same way. Not even sure how any of them were done really. And
1: uh, Did you do, how I'm getting like, my next one. Done, another stuff for
2: this? Oh God, no, no. I, um, oh. yeah. One of the producers I pitched this to back in 2013 or 2014 and he kind of laughed and thought it was a little too gory. Um and at that time the script actually was. And then he and I had remained friends. Um and he started he started a a company I guess or a funding scheme with a, another company and one of his partners was a good oh. friend of mine, Pat White, who Pat White and I have done three films together now. Um and they said they said, Listen, we got this new funding thing, you can have, you know, this amount of money. Um and you get full creative control, but we own the movie, or the company owns the movie. Mm. Um, and I said, done. So it was good, because I didn't really get many notes on the film. They let me do what I wanted, which is, I think, what this film needed, because I had other opportunities to make this film with people who wanted to lean into the trope or lean into the sexuality <clears throat> or lean into the the blood a little more. And I never wanted to make that movie. So, I mean that's the other half. Right. Getting your movie made is one thing, and then getting getting the movie made with people who want to make the movie you want to make rather than a movie uh, is a whole other thing. So that's that's it's a challenge. It's really hard, and I think you just got to keep moving forward. <laughs> you you, know, you, you so don't crazy. fail until you stop trying.
1: Absolutely, you got always have to have mo- you know that's how you get the ball down the field. You got to keep moving. You just have, no matter what you're doing, you know. Um yeah. It's so weird. I, uh, when I, before I watched this one, I, I had some guests come on the show. They had made a musical, um, an 80 type musical. Um, and the gist, the big story thing in their musical was this couple were having trouble in their relationship. And so, uh, name the musical, the name of the movie was called open and, uh, and that wasn't the band name, <laughs> you know. They decided to go that route, you know, to become closer as a couple. Well, let's try this, you know. And I made the comment during, and I had him on the show, and I made the comment during the show. I said, you know, I'm an old man. I've I've known a lot of people over the years, and I got to say, everybody who tried that, it rarely worked. You know, maybe I'm not that evolved. That's entirely possible in the people I know, but that rarely works. And so after watching that, um, you know, finish the, uh, the, they were on the show, finish that up and everything. And I said, well, I got to watch this Do Not Disturb. This guy's going to be on next week. I need to know what the hell I'm talking about. You know, I got to watch the movie. So I kind of went into watching this movie, <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh, God, it's another relationship. Oh God! And then they met the, the the older couple, and I'm like, "Oh no, this isn't this isn't going to work at all." And uh, yeah. little did I know <laughs> how intense meeting that other couple was going to be. And I
2: didn't.
1: going to be a hand someone,
2: a knee or something. Someone I, I can't eating. remember which critic it is, but I got to find this out. Some critic wrote that this movie does for narcotics. And heterosexual relationships, what Jaws did for water. And I thought that was a really appropriate. <laughs> That's got to be on the VHS box. Um, no, if they still yeah. made VHS, you know, that, is, that is gold. Well, I'd love it. If there's a company out there that wants to make a VHS version of this movie, I would do it in a heartbeat. But oh, um, I'm happy enough that we're getting physical media. I think we're getting a Blu-ray or a DVD. I'm not sure which one, but nice. uh, I'm happy nice. that we're getting that yeah. Cause that's, you know, I'm a filmmaker of a certain age that still prizes theater and, uh, and physical oh, yeah. media. Um, but I know that, you know, every movie I make one of these days, I'm not going to get either. Um, just the way the world's going. Um, it's
1: weird. But you obviously let me ask you this, John, because you were really good at what you do. You obviously got this movie making thing down, you know, I mean, you got a pretty good beat on this, uh, if, if this uh-huh. movie is indicative of, tell, of tell your talent, that. <laughs> <laughs> I have no problem. <laughs> I'd like to bring this guy in, uh, just as character with it. Um, no, you know, seriously, darn, when you do this Blu-ray, or, are you going to do like that, one of those, because um, I have a friend of mine who makes indie movies. He's a young guy, and he loves these. And he, I never thought about this, but he says, I love the extra commentary when they, he goes, yeah, yeah. I watch that and took notes.
2: Because it goes that's like a film Yeah, plan. we um yeah, we did. I recorded two D V D commentaries. I did one with my editor and cinematographer, like a technical one. And then I did one with my two cast members and my wife as more of a creative one. Um so then yeah, there's really two cool. versions there. There's also I think Kim's audition is also on it. And then I think there's uh there's just some other stuff. I forget exactly what we did, but we added some like fun content to it. So Nice, Yeah, and then even nice. on Instagram, I'm going to start – once that's out, I'm going to start – I think if you go on my Instagram now, you can find the Do Not Disturb movie Instagram. It's a long thing with, with underscores that annoys me. Um, oh, I didn't know. I'll add yeah, it. I'll Yeah, it, it. it's do underscore – find through my name. It's a lot easier because I, I'll link to it. Um, but there's a little – I'm going to repost it soon, but there's a link to how we did the airplane shot at the beginning. Oh, um, nice. Which is in the trailer, so it's not really a tease uh, spoiler, but there's a shot where we, you know, it's symbolic of her life turning upside down. We open on the plane coming into Miami, and we track the plane until the horizon line falls upside down with the plane. Right. Um, and my cinematographer and I did that on uh, by the Miami Airport, which when we tried, we tried to get on the rooftop of a local business, but it's really hard to phone people and ask to shoot a plane on September 11th these days. So we, oh, yeah. they're like, well, you can, you can go on our front yard, but you're not getting on our roof. And uh, so what we had to do was we had to composite their company out of the shot. And we put that beach in. Cause I mean, if you've ever been to Miami, you know, there's no plane that comes over the beach at that height. No, um, yeah. It ain't like San Diego but, or something. Yeah. I think there's Crazy. a, if it's St. Martin's or one of those islands has thing like that but we thought it was great and we loved the way but it was uh it was fun and you know Miami they were the company was very cooperative let us park there some random trucker like literally blocked traffic so we could get the shot um nice. yeah no idea know? who he is or what he is but he stopped all the traffic and then we got the shot and gave us a thumbs up and then he took off nice and had a cool story to tell yeah,
1: yeah. people yeah that's
2: awesome. And we actually we now, actually have did have to... a bat salt guide that day. Really? What? oh it was Well it was guys. a false it was a false alarm, but both Scott and I noticed it. And I think it, it ended up being just a guy with a wasp fly too close to his ear. But the movement he made oh. threw us off. <laughs> they
1: they always look like that, the crazies, like they're fighting bees or something. You know? <laughs> that's um, what this
2: guy was doing. <laughs> like by the time he got to it, that's that's fine. Right. But we were we both looked at each other like, huh. <laughs> it's
1: indicative of the movie that's fantastic yeah i have to ask you john real quick um i know i've kept you probably longer than i spoke to but i want to see more i want to see more our um can and i know but i know understand how the business is yeah. Are there any projects <laughs> in the pipe that you can talk about
2: <clears throat> yeah i mean first of all if you want to see um uh, my first movie jack brooks monster slayer Um, I don't know who had that but it's on I'm sure you can find it on Amazon or iTunes or whatever the Apple calls those things now Um, and I think there was a version on YouTube that you could bootleg for free um, if you really want to go there I don't don't get any royalties I don't think anyone gets royalties off that's a 10 year old, 15 year old film that never went digital so no one's getting harmed by that one Um, (laughs) and then my first film, The Sublet is also out there. It's, it's very different. It's a little darker, a little more serious. Um, okay. Serious meaning, not serious in a, like, pretentious way, but serious in a less comedic way. Um, not that cannibalism is that funny, but it kind of is, and do not disturb. Uh, I'm currently <laughs> sort of working on uh, film. And, well, once the, the SAG actor strike ends, I'm hoping the film a uh, project called She, uh, she Came Knocking, which is inspired by a short film of mine of the same title. Um, And, you know, I'm hoping to find an actress to help get it financed. I'm working with a producer on that one before the strike started. Um, And then I've got a number of different projects that I'm pitching in different places that um, I'm hoping to get made in the next two to five years. So, so hopefully things come together.
1: Very, very cool, man. I'm telling you, uh, don't, don't be surprised. I'm going to stay right in touch, John. Now that now that I know you're here in South Florida, yeah, damn, we anytime, should have had then. a Halloween party. You know? Are you kidding me? We could have played.
2: The...
1: Let me just tell you, John. I'm that I have young children, the... so I
2: don't have a social life. Oh, that's yeah. I have friends but like that. Call me in you know, five it's... years when my kids old enough to to leave home alone, yeah. and then <laughs> then I can have my life. Back. And then I will have the bigger outdoor theater then.
1: Um, Perfect. <laughs> I'm 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 that guy. I, I'm definitely a cinephile. Um, yeah that yeah that's hard. That is rough. We have a bunch of friends that are going through that. Right. You know they come over and then they're like, well we got to be home by eight. Everybody's
2: got to go to bed. And you're like, what? What happened? Yeah. Um, I not that my kids go to bed at eight, but my wife certainly does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I Nine o'clock, behind like you are putting off. the you're putting the kids to bed, I'm going to bed, that's what I'm like, yeah, my kids are night owls so like me,
1: yeah, oh, t- I talk a big game, you know and, and it's true. I used to like to hang out in nightclubs and stuff now I go to bed at ten o'clock. It's just sad, yeah. it's sad, I don't know what happened, <laughs> well,
2: but do you wake up at five three, yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm an old man. I'm an old man.
2: (laughs) Oh, gosh. Funny how the clock changes as we get older.
1: I literally wait for the sun to rise, and then I'm like, ooh, I can go out and mess in the garden now, you know? (laughs) It's just (laughs) sad. i got to turn in my cool card. Oh, man. (laughs) Anyhow, John, thanks so much, number one, for making a fantastic film that really entertained me. This was a really well done, everybody. You gotta see "Do Not Disturb." It's going to be dropping in a week, and it is this is phenomenal. It's great. It's a great film, man. It, it, is, it is very cool. Um, and thanks for taking time to be on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, and hey, when this strike does, I can tell you're a film guy. You know, I I, I got the feeling. We'll have you on and we'll just talk movies. Something. You know what I mean? That sounds good, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm happy
2: Absolutely. to. I'm happy to talk movies anytime.
1: Oh, I, I'm thinking about doing like once a week or maybe a couple times a month. Just just a uh, a show like that, you know, an, an episode like that where we're like talking about classics or something. You
2: know, something.
1: Yeah. Something, something we've about seen fiction. or something. Yeah, my, you know? the, the
2: influence of Pulp Fiction on Do Not Disturb, if you want to dig into like some some weird connections, I, I dropped in there. There's a lot. There's a lot of like things where I was like, oh, I'm stealing this from Pulp Fiction. Oh, I'm stealing this from Pulp Fiction. I have, think about it as I was doing it. I was like, oh, this is like my subconscious. is like. I mean, the film is nothing at all like Pulp Fiction, but there's no. a few things where, you know, like, for example, the t-shirt at the end is the same style as you know, after Jules uh, and Vincent clean up the blood, they wear the t-shirt. Um, right. that one scene at the beginning before the hotel room that's shot in the exact same framing as uh, before Jules and Vince go into the the room. Um, yep. Another one too. I can There's a there's a whole bunch of them in there that's just like just throwaway little lines that are kind of fun. All,
1: all the shots to the feet,
2: man. No, I'm kidding. I'm no, kidding. I didn't, I, I'm I didn't
1: kidding. go there. I didn't, didn't yeah, go
2: but, there. Uh, There's another one. I can't remember the other one. You the didn't other one go like, there. makes me laugh.
1: Well, I remember thinking about the shirt because I'm like, is that a Crazy Cat shirt? I don't think it was, but it reminded me
2: of the old No, one it, the edit didn't expose enough of that shirt, but if you read it, it says, uh, I went to Miami for my honeymoon and all I got was this t shirt. So. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And
1: anybody who watches this, just a word of advice. Um, Any gals out there, if you're with this guy, time to trade up. If you're with a guy like this, it's time to trade up. Don't go down the same path she did, my advice. Um, But definitely, it's time to trade up. And fellas, if you are that guy, it's time to sort your life out, man. Get it together. Yeah, (laughs) grow up. Yeah, absolutely.
2: You don't want to be I'll tell you a story, John.
1: <laughs> no, that, that's, nothing good can come. Um, but what a good alibi. Miami just in general. Well, things happen, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Went out with the wrong sound. <laughs> you know. Oh, man. Anyhow. Anywho. Thanks again, John. Everybody, this will be converted to a podcast. Um, that's where we... Uh, Add the commercials and all that in it. If you want to listen to this episode uh, commercial free, go over to my website, Us scroll down a little bit, and you'll see our VIP thing. It's our Patreon, and all the podcasts are commercial free on there. So if that's your particular interest or jam, um, we will see you all tomorrow. We've got another fantastic film uh, maker on. Uh, tomorrow we're We're shifting gears. We're shifting gears. Uh, We'll be talking about a brand-new movie coming out. It's a LGBTQ plus rom-com. Yeah, so we're going from cannibalism and toxic uh, relationships to, um, you know, health music. No, I'm kidding. Don't send me messages, people. I like health music, by the way. Anyhow, anyhow, (laughs) we'll see you all tomorrow. Tune in. Thanks a lot. Oh, and be cool, remember the world's still weird, and make it your personal goal not to wind up on a caring YouTube video. You know, just be patient with people. That's all I'm saying, although I love watching them. Anyway, talk to you next time, everybody. Have a good one. Thanks again, John. You're awesome. Thank
2: you.
0: Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks de Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto.
1: Hey, de Harry Hicks de Sveaje, Okneel is notil Pop Rocks Radio, made Jamie Rocks.
0: Log Talk Radio.